I totally understand why Jason and Casey love doing this to you because it's so exciting having you watch this movie and then get to come back and talk about it. And I want to find out what you think. So either good or bad, what you think, I'm still extremely excited to hear what you think. And sitting here right now, I have a glass of eggnog. I'm ready. I'm sitting and I'm ready to talk about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So this is the first ever Mike at the Movies unattached to anything, really. So this is what me and Tiff are here to talk about today. I'm very excited because you were very excited. (laughs) So shall I give you my before? So what I thought about this film before I watched it, not really knowing anything about it. Yeah, I'd love to know that. So the only National Lampoon movie that I have seen is Van Wilder. Oh, yeah, that's a much newer one. Yeah, and I don't really understand what National Lampoon is. I just know it as a thing from the 80s and 90s. Like, I, I just know it as, like, a it's the National Lampoon franchise. Like, you just kind of know. But now I was looking up on uh, Wikipedia. Did you look this up? No. That apparently, um, well, this one in particular was written by a John Hughes um, based on a short story in National Lampoon magazine. Oh, so okay. it might have something to do with that. And I'm sure a whole bunch of people are listening and being like, duh, of course, or no, but whatever. That's what I just read. So we'll go with that one. So I wasn't basing my thinking that this was going to be like Van Wilder. I assumed that it might be like close to the type of comedy, like the raunchy comedy, but what it would have been 10 years ago or 20 years mm-hmm. ago. So. And I think like I think this film does actually deliver on that in some parts. Yes. Um, <laughs> I also knew that this was a cult classic movie mm-hmm. and then had the pressure of that feeling. Yeah, and I didn't want to ever... When you were here visiting, I didn't want to watch it with you guys because I don't... It's very annoying, I think, to have someone sitting there, someone who has never seen a movie and then someone who like loves the movie as a cult classic, just like giddy in their seat and the person watching it for the first time just being like, well, I don't get it. Like, that's a lot of pressure to put on somebody who's seeing it for the first time. So it was really good that you were watching it alone. Yeah, um, th- this is you were saying like you would just be sitting there and being like, this is so good. And yeah, that's never a nice scenario to watch. a movie No, in. no, it's not. It is an inhospitable It doesn't even give you a chance to like it. You know, at least alone yep. you have like a little bit of a chance. Do you know why this is a cult classic? <sighs> I don't know. I just think that at the time maybe it came out and it was everyone just kind of latched on. Like why does anything become a cult classic, right? Like they just have these funny, fantastic one lines that everyone feels are kind of like applicable to their like messed up Christmases and they love mm-hmm. repeating them and saying them. It's just an exaggerated version of someone's christmas ex- extravaganza and everyone has that person in their family that goes a little bit overboard for christmas specifically you know about this movie so everyone kind of i think they they feed into that and it, that's what makes it really funny because everyone's a huge caricature of i think people that actually like actually exist in everyone's family should we start talking about the movie yeah okay so wait so what did you think do we want to say that right away or do you want to just go through it I can tell you what I thought of it. Okay. Um, I totally can see why this movie is a cult classic for the exact reason that you just gave. It is very simple. It's very lighthearted. There's not a lot of complex things going on. Um, it's like a good popcorn movie 
that you can watch kind of easily without having to feel too many complex emotions. So it's not it's not like a, an ordeal. I don't think every time you'd want to watch it, and you I can completely relate to it as I assume everybody can about just the stuff that happens at Christmas that you have to deal with with your family and there's especially this moment um in the movie where uh is it uncle eddie arrives mhm and it's like that that scenario of there is this family member that i don't like too much i just have to grin and bear it and just deal with it for the next 3 days or whatever so i mm-hmm. could totally see that and that really like appealed to me so i i'd say overall i like this movie now, I don't yet love this movie. I feel like this is a movie that you probably grow to love, like, over time. You do. I know I would watch it again, so I expect that it would it would get its claws into me over time. Yeah, if you start making it, like, a Christmas watch movie, like, okay, Christmas is here. I'm definitely watching National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation at least once, like, during the Christmas holiday season. Then it kind of gets you. Then you start knowing the lines, and then, you know, you see people doing something that's a little you know crazy christmas-esque and you want to like quote the line at them a very thing is like so if anyone knows the drama with um the gruber's christmas tree right you can probably (laughs) see the parallels between the ridiculous tree that clark wants to get and when he opens it up and he's like little full a lot of sap right like you can see that happening In the Gruber house, because it's literally the same tree. Like, there's no top. It's against the ceiling. It's exactly like the Griswold tree. And you just see that and you laugh, and that makes you love the movie and real life so much more that you you draw those parallels. So, um, yeah, that's what just makes me end up loving this movie more and more every year. So it's kind of like the Christmas movie feeling. I have that for Home Alone. Like, yes. every year I want to watch Home Alone, or at least see some of Home Alone, or just know it's on TV, right? Like, I just feel like... I love like, Home Alone. <laughs> it's a, such a great Christmas movie. I love any be. movie that they play music and they do stuff. And, they, you know, there's some sort of montage. <laughs> like, so Home Alone just totally hits all those buttons. It's just amazing. It's a fantastic movie. Maybe we should talk about Home Alone at some point. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's move on to Home Alone. So. <laughs> <laughs> let's forget this. Right, so uh, the movie starts with the Christmas tree picking. Mm-hmm. which i now understand having and this is like a yours. big version of it too they're actually going to cut down their tree which is something if you drive a little bit north of here i think they are supposed to take place in michigan i'm not sure um i know the film was filmed in colorado but i think that the family is supposed to be living in michigan i'm not sure but anyway any any northern state that you can drive a little bit and all of a sudden you're in the mountains um a lot of people go and cut down their own christmas tree so it's like a thing. Yeah, that it seems strange. Like, how does that even work? Like, I feel like you can't just go cut down a tree, right? Like, you have to do it in a place. Yeah, there's places that, like Christmas tree farms, that let you just go out into the field and, like, pick your tree. And some pe- sometimes people will chop it down for you. Um, or other people, or you can, like, bring, like, or get an axe from the place and chop it down. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a thing. It depends on your level of... Um, I don't know, macho commitment, you know, for women or men, however you want to do it. Like, if you just want to go out, cut down your tree. But yeah, Clark has the problem that he didn't bring. So they go out to, we'll go back to the the driving scene in a moment. But like, (laughs) he goes out and they pick the tree, they find the tree and he hasn't got a saw. And then it kind of like goes over to the next point and like the next scene and they've put it on top of a 
Right. But you're also like, how the heck did they dig that up? Right. So a lot of the parts in this movie are caricatures of what actually could have happened. Like there was no way those four people could have lifted that tree and dug it up with their bare hands since they had no tools and pop it on their car. Yeah. But it's just kind of like the the funny cartoon. Um, exactly. You know, it, it, it's almost like an illustrated real life version of of what this would be. So that's what and, and Clark Griswold is a goofy character where he forgets things like that. Um, and that's prevalent through the other National Lampoon movies that he is, him and his wife are are kind of the focus. They always have different kids in every movie. So I don't know. Their names are the same, but they're always different people and different ages. So <laughs> it's just pretty funny. But yeah, so you want to go back to them driving because that was one of my favorite scenes when I was a little kid. Yeah, because it opens up and like the family seem like kind of angelic in a way, right? Like they're singing like hymns and carols and stuff, and then there's a like a car that or like a truck that pulls up too close to them, and Clark starts to show his true colors, right? <laughs> yeah, his all oh, the vindictive hicks that come up and are trying to drive, and you're like, well, those people don't really exist, but but yeah, he gets all um he gets all puffed up about wanting to you know uh, guess own the road. I don't mm-hmm. know, so you can see that side of him, the controlling side. And then he like you know he flips the bird to them and, and all that sort of stuff. Like he he really is very angry. And, <laughs> and then as he's it. like a right as he's aggressive driving, he accidentally pulls underneath um, a semi truck that's carrying logs, and their station wagon gets stuck uh, between the two you know big wheels uh, under the trailer. And I just I as a kid I loved that scene we used to always repeat like clark we're stuck under a truck like imagine like a little kid saying that over and over again now that i'm watching this movie i'm like i can't believe i watched this as a little kid <laughs> yeah there's a lot of stuff going on in here but but i don't know i didn't pick up on it it wasn't a thing it was just something that i've seen since i was you know since i was a kid and clark we're stuck under a truck like that was just goofy to me and it was funny I, it was just good grace he didn't notice it for so long I know. <laughs> well, he sees it at first. He's just like focused and then he slides over. And then they're all stuck. Uh, yeah. And then the car flies and it falls into the embankment. And, and he's like, oh, we made good time because they got to the tree place. And then, yeah. so yeah, we, they get to the tree place. And oh, I really like it. When, uh, also, it was nice to note, to note the kids. One of the kids is Juliette Lewis of uh, Juliette Lewis and the Licks. And then Johnny Galecki, who's from The Big Bang Theory. Oh, it, I don't know either of those people. Oh, they, that's well, Juliette Lewis is in a big band and she's an actress. And then, you know, you've heard of the Big Bang Theory, right? Yes, yes. The main lead from the Big Bang Theory is the son. Is his son. Oh, that's cool. So it's funny. I was like watching it. I was like, I know those faces. I looked them up on IMDb. <laughs> I was like, wow, that's quite a, quite a children cast there. But um, <laughs> I love it when they're getting the tree and um, and Ellen... And like Clark says to 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 Ellen, like in the of the kids, like how great the tree is, and Ellen says that Audrey, the, who Juliet Lewis plays, like she can't, she, she'll see it later because her eyes are frozen. <laughs> yeah, that just that was a really funny line. They have all those tra- like when they were looking at the tree too. They say, um, you know, uh, Russ is like, Dad, this thing wouldn't fit in our yard, and he's like, It's not going in our yard, Russ. It's going in our living room. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> a little thing. I'm glad that you laughed at that kind of stuff because I don't know if those lines are really funny because I've heard them a million times, and it's like you're waiting. It's like watching, um, uh, what's that? What's that movie with? 
it's weird and creepy and there's call and response to it and people go to crazy movie theaters to see it oh you're killing me tiff tiff come on this one you think of one specific movie yeah uh i'm a sweet transvestite from transsexual transylvania oh rocky horror thank you yes it's like you know what i mean like it gets it's that cult classic feeling of of you want to just say the lines along with the characters because you know they're coming and you love them because you've heard them so much and so i'm happy to hear that you picked up on a lot of that stuff and thought it was funny right away as a fresh kind of seeing it for the first time yeah that is like one of the marks of a movie being a cult classic is it can but it can have quote alongs and they're not cheesy lines you know a lot of times those like quick you know quippy comedy lines that are shoved in there they don't feel cheesy they they feel funny and and poignant and that's why people latch onto them so you said the line about um the tree is full of sap i really like the scene when they uh are in bed and clark's getting stuck (laughs) to the magazine and he keeps ripping pages of the magazine and it's stuck to his hand and he's trying to flick it off and it just keeps sticking everywhere and then his hand gets stuck to his wife's hair and oh it just i love that it's just such a it's a small little scene you can almost think that it would be dismissed from the movie but it says so much about the characters and their relationship together (laughs) and just carrying along the whole ridiculous tree sap issue yeah and then they like the end of that scene he like he gets his hands stuck one of his hands stuck to ellen's hair and then tries to turn off the light and gets the lamp stuck to his hand (laughs) (laughs) and she's just like good night clark (laughs) whatever oh sparky yeah i i really like that 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 whole little scene when that happened i was like yeah i think i'm gonna like this movie because it was just like the silly humor that you know by that point i was like with that and the christmas tree on the like being pulled out of the ground it kind of felt like something that i was going to enjoy at that point and the, yeah and then they're setting up the tree and it's so big in the living room and he cuts the strings and it just explodes everywhere yeah i can't help but think of the groovers during that whole section <laughs> you've got to think that this movie must be an inspiration for that like at least deep down in their brains somewhere. oh they know this movie quite well because um last year uh I actually got my brother some of those moose mugs. Oh, to, right. Yeah. <laughs> which we'll talk about later. But um, yeah. And so a whole bunch of people were quoting and the group Rubers included were quoting at us um, the lines from the movie. The merriest bunch of assholes. So the next, <laughs> the next <laughs> scene uh, is that they're in New York, which obviously I love now because I've seen New York at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was very nice. And, there basically clark is going to buy some underwear for his wife ellen and then there's this whole scene this is the scene i was expecting basically mm-hmm. right for the, re- the retail scene yeah yeah well for i think we first we should go back and talk about the posh neighbors that are next door oh the hipster neighbors as i've written them down <laughs> yeah the, the poshy 80s neighbors who it turns out to be um it's elaine from seinfeld uh julia louise dreyfus yep yeah, so I thought I was thought that that was so great that she was in this, and um, yeah, so they have just wanted to point out the little posh neighbor exchange because they keep coming up throughout the movie to I guess highlight Clark's doofusness. It's yeah, the best thing I could think of it. Like I, I have a note about them later um, okay. because of everything that happens to them in the movie, and they just seem to be absolutely hopeless. 
differently. But they're they they are a great little foil pair because they're mm-hmm. so like opposite to like to the, the is it Griswold? Griswold, yeah. Yeah, they're so opposite to the Griswold family. And it's funny, like looking at them, they just look like hipsters to me. That <laughs> made me smile. And as the movie moves along, they have like a little um method of telling you when like how Christmas is approaching uh, as this movie mm-hmm. progresses because it's it's a family preparing for Christmas throughout pretty much the whole month of December, like the, the Christmas holiday. And so then they show an Advent house and they open up the little door and it says like December 14th. So that's when you know like that's the shopping day that they're having. It's 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 December 14th on the calendar. So we're almost or halfway through till Christmas. Um, and so it keeps using those as little chapter markers throughout the storyline. Yeah. I really like that, actually. I think it was super helpful. It was an easy, it was like an easily done way, right? It's like we, they, those things exist. You didn't have to stretch too far to get a sort of something that could show the passing of time. And that does work. And also mm-hmm. it helps kind of, you understand how, just how long the family's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i wrote about too i was like really your family's staying that long for the holidays because when after the whole tree debacle happens they show that it's december 14th and then they have a scene where he's at work and um he's talking like you see the 80s boss and like you know the 80s corporate culture and everything and then and they also have a um so they're talking about bonus checks and that kind of plays into the plot later on in the movie yeah and it's a Again. The the and uh, Clark's friend um, is a character in Friends, and he plays basically the same character in Friends. He plays Charles' boss. He's also in Freaks and Geeks. He's uh, what's his face's dad, the dentist. I haven't seen Freaks and Geeks. What? Okay. This is why Mike at the movies exists because of the gaping holes in my <laughs> pop culture. Uh, references but yeah so that, that that was just another thing that made me laugh it's like this guy is very typecast he plays like boss or like businessman yeah he plays the funny. same thing in Freaks and Geeks too as the dad yeah so the the retail scene right are we here are we at the retail scene where he's mm-hmm. going to buy the, the, the underwear this was just really funny to me right because it's just like a, a typical kind of like 80s hot person right <laughs> yeah so like 80s sexist yeah hot ogling yeah baywatch person yeah. basically especially with the high cut underwear that she shows off yeah see that that's the ridiculous part right so like the whole scene is just like you know clark is like googly eyed and jaw open and he's getting all these words wrong and he keeps like making uh like double entendres and everything's just innuendo to him and but somehow like it seems that the the, the lady that the the clock she kind of warms up to him in some way because like <laughs> yeah she like she just kind of brushes like she acts kind of dumb yeah. you know and and i don't think they would cast women like that anymore no I you know so. i hope at least i hope in good movies that they wouldn't but you know what i mean it was just it was it was a product of the time you yep. know she's like what whatever i'm totally not noticing that you keep saying the word nipple like <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is super awkward but then, like, it, it kind of, the, the camera turns away and it focuses on the fact that his son is there with him. And then when it comes back, like, Clark's sitting on the counter, they're laughing away, like, but it's like you can't hear what they're saying. And then they're, she's, like, showing off the underwear, like, to him. Yeah, she's, she's like, putting, pulling put, up her skirt. <laughs> yeah, that's it. She's like, look at the line. You can see. And she, you can see, like, I, I'm just like, I couldn't believe that no one's going to do that. 
No one would do that at work, could they? Like, nobody would. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she works on commission, so I don't no. know. <laughs> but I, like, I just... The payoff of that scene is great, because, like, his son Rusty is standing next to him at that point, and mm-hmm. he turns around to his kid, and he's like, you can't see the line, can you, Russ? And then realizes what he's doing. And, and that's where the scene ends. Uh, that that was funny to me, where it's like he's you know he's so bewildered by the whole situation that he doesn't even realize that he's like ten year old boy is with him. <laughs> yeah. Can't see the line, Russ, can you? <laughs> but this is obviously real. This is all set up for for later, right? Like the scene mm-hmm. later on where this where this woman reappears, um, and then this kind of like. I wouldn't say it's like a montage as such, but like they're showing a lot of the stuff that the family's doing, right? And one of them is like making a gingerbread house and they're showing like the family sleeping in the same beds together. Oh, so, yeah. So, but once the family arrives, so yeah, after like the shopping arrived. day, the family arrives and you see them first fighting at the door, like be- yeah. before the doors open, they, the two families from either side, from Clark's side and from his um, wife, uh, Ellen's side. It's Ellen, right? Yes, yeah, Ellen, yeah. Probably not. Um, that they're just like bickering and fighting and they're just the regular family. Like you just want to pull out your hair, like just stop fighting with each other. And then as soon as the door opens, it's all of a sudden overwhelming holiday family. Oh, hi, how are you doing? Let me talk. And they're all talking about their various diseases and ailments and illnesses. <laughs> and it's like this person died and this person has gout and this, and you're just like, Oh my, I can't, I can't handle it. And then the teenagers are complaining about losing their rooms and like at, that is so the overwhelming holiday family yep. experience. Like when you have people coming over to your house, you think like, oh, it's going to be so nice. We're all going to spend time together. And then you get like the reality of it kind of just dumped on top of you like a cold bucket of water. And I feel like that, that is exactly what this scene conveys. And it's it does it in a very funny way. But I think it really hits home for a lot of people because it is so incredibly truthful. Yeah. And like yeah, throughout the movie, what basically like you see, you know, Clark's the main character, and he'll be doing things, and he'll like go downstairs, he'll go to a different room, and all you hear is just constantly like that big family just arguing, like, just <laughs> yeah, constantly. The, the two granddads like talking about like who, where is my car going to park? Oh, don't do that! Like they're all bickering about their cars, just like all the grandpas do. They always talk about the cars, and the, oh, it's just everyone has their very stereotypical concerns and complaints and it, it's exactly it's exactly like I, I know so many people like that oh yeah <laughs> it's, and it's like with that scene like i think clark says something like i'm gonna go park the cars and then stay outside for the whole season <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like then he starts hanging the lights right he's just yeah. like i'm out and then like you said they they pan through the house and you see everyone doing all the various things all crammed into the house together and <laughs> and yeah so then he starts was it 25,000 lights? Yeah, tw- yeah, 25,000 <laughs> lights. And he hands Russ that like what so his son's helping him unpack all the lights from the garage cuz they're getting ready to decorate the house. And yeah, so he just uh, he starts unpacking these huge balls of lights and he's like, "Oh, this one's a little tangled." Or what does he say? <laughs> when he hands his son that big wad ball I think um, he said something like that. I don't remember the exact one. Oh, we got to work on that knot or something like that. But it's just <laughs> so... Oh, yeah. And then he, I, he staples them to the roof. Is that the right thing to do? Okay. I, I specifically wrote down that that drives me absolutely crazy as a homeowner. Watching him do that. I'm like, no, you're putting so many holes in your house that are just going to accumulate moisture and make rot and mold. Like I'm like, what are you doing? It's like, how would I, you get them down? Like, that would take I hours. I don't know. 
I don't know. I think people usually do staple them to their roof, oh, but God. they don't think about it. Like everyone, I guess everyone does that. I mean, there are some people that just line their roofs with lights and stuff, but uh, I don't know. As you, you saw our house all lit up, but mm-hmm. we have like these clips that like hook onto the gingerbreading of our house. We have like, you know, uh, molding things that are hanging down. So I just use these little temporary clips to hang everything up. I don't staple into anything. I'm the one that hangs the lights, by the way. Marco does not. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't, I, that, it just drives me crazy watching Clark do that because that's, that's going to be a, a lot of staple ripping to get all those out. Yeah, it just seems like an inefficient way. Like, I understand why you do it because it's going to hold it in place. And it's like a, you've got a staple gun. It's like an easy thing to do. But it just seems like it would be a nightmare to get them all down again. And obviously, like, he takes all this time putting all the lights up. There's many, like, slapstick mishaps where, like, staples use shirt sleeve to the, to, like, the, the I don't know what you call it, like, just a piece of wood on the side of the, the house. The eve, yeah, the eve, yeah. There you go. And he, <laughs> like, falls off, basically fa- nearly falls off the ladder a couple of times. Then he uh, falls onto the guttering, pulls some of the guttering off and some of the, like, <laughs> yeah. frozen water flies out and goes through the hipster couple's window and destroys... Yep. I guess a, a CD player. It was I don't their know stereo. what it is. Did you see all this? Well, because then having CDs like that and having a stereo like that was like super posh and amazing yep. and wealthy. And it was, that was like the, you know, the really cool, amazing, look how much money we have thing to own. Nobody had that stuff. You know, everyone had tape decks and, and record players. Nobody had CD players at that time. So they like, it's funny later on when they come back and see it and they like, they see the windows broken they see the CD players broken and they have a puddle and they can't work out what has broken the CD player. Why is the carpet wet, Todd? Like, <laughs> I love it when she says that. Like she's blaming him. Yeah. Well, something broke the CD player. <laughs> and the window. <laughs> and the, but it's gone. It's like it's just the evidence has melted into the carpet. It did make me think that that seems like some kind of perfect crime type scenario. Right. Well, don't they have that riddle about the guy hanging in the room and how did he hang? He yeah, was standing and there's on, like, a puddle a of water on the floor. Yeah, because he stood on a block of ice. Yeah, yeah, and there's also like some sort of one about a, I don't know, ice bullet. <laughs> Mythbusters. Mythbusters did, that, I think. did the ice bullet. Yeah, I mm-hmm. watched like yesterday. I watched an episode of a bone bullet. Ooh. Yeah, it doesn't work as great as it, it sounds. It would. <laughs> anyway. So kind of there's a long sequence with like the lights working and not working. Um, I love it when he brings the whole family out and makes them all make drum drum roll sounds. Yeah, everyone makes a completely different sound, which reminds me of that scene from Arrested Development with the chicken, like the the chicken noises. (laughs) (laughs) Have you people ever seen a chicken? so it reminded me a lot of that that was really good and obviously the lights don't work and then but i love how the one the one family is drinking the whole time like they're out there with their cocktails yep and then the other one's like his family and they're super supportive and they're like it's okay clarky like you know they're, they're trying to make him feel better yeah, i can imagine how great it would have looked i know and that kind of that moment actually as funny as it was and frustrating as it is he hangs these twenty five thousand lights and he goes to plug them in and nothing happens and he's like, oh, I checked every bulb and I did all the thing. I did everything right and it's still not working. But like the, the supportive side of the family was actually really sweet. You know, his daughter yeah. and his son supporting him and his wife and his parents, you know, like that was actually a really nice moment where I think you looked at the character, not so much as a goofball, but as like a family man who is loved by people and he's trying to do all this stuff, you know, for 
the benefit and joy of his family. Yep. Yeah, yeah like that's what the, the whole movie is about, right? It's like it seems like it's implied that they always go to one of the family members' homes for Christmas, and he wanted to have one at his home and have everyone there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and you know, his brother-in-law and their family, so like his wife's uh, brother and their family, show up unexpected, which is fun. Uh, mm-hmm. in their rv i think that's when it happens right when they when they try and have the lights on and he just like is there and they didn't know he was going to be there oh yeah I th- well i think that's a little later the second light oh uh, okay um when he one, actually when gets the- it to work right when he actually gets it to work but in between that he gets stuck in the attic so- oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> so there's like so like again the the whole I think the whole movie is punctuated with like Clark being super goofball, but then you, you do see these sweet little family moments and it, it, it keeps it from being too slapsticky mm-hmm. and ridiculous. Like seeing Clark have real and his family having real emotions. And then they're like something goofy, stupid happens. But so I, I, that's why I think the movie is, has a little bit more depth than a lot of like just goofy, stupid comedies. But yeah, when he gets stuck stuck in the attic, it's funny because of the clothes that he puts on to keep himself warm. <laughs> I know. I think he walks past like some like legit jackets and stuff, and he like totally skips the scarf, and he goes for like the cloche hat and the 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 fur coat and like the uh, arm length pink like felt gloves. <laughs> yeah. So the the for anyone who is listening along and uh, hasn't seen this movie for some weird reason, anyway, he goes upstairs to hide gifts. And I was like, why is he hiding gifts in the attic when they have the tree downstairs and the gift is wrapped? Like, just go downstairs and put it under the tree. Yeah. And they has the thing where he finds the gift, right, to his mom. And it's like, happy Mother's Day, 1983, love Clark. And I think yeah. that's funny because nobody would write that. You wouldn't say you- 1983 on the card, or like on the oh, gift Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he like goes to his hiding spot and he finds an old gift and he's up there. And then one of the grandparents comes down. And she's like, oh, I feel a draft. And so she sees the attic door open and she closes him up and he gets locked up there. And the whole family ends up going shopping. And they're like, oh, I guess Clark will catch up with us later. And they like leave. So he's stuck in the attic. It's cold up there. And he puts on this ridiculous outfit. <laughs> That, that's Probably. one of those things, like the, them all leaving, that would never happen now because of uh, mobile phones. Exactly. Nobody would ever, they would just be like, oh, ring you up. And yeah. everyone would get it on their watch now and be like, oh, I'm stuck in the attic. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's funny to watch movies like that. And it's like, it's so much more difficult now to make these kinds of scenarios in, in movies and TV. Because it's always just like, well, he's obviously got his phone in his pocket. If Like, if somebody <laughs> yeah. shut me in the, the attic, I would just take my phone out of my pocket and call someone. Like, you can't do any of that anymore. It's kind of funny. Nope. Or just even if you don't have your phone with you, you'll be wearing your watch. Yep. You can just ping your, keep pinging your phone till someone finds you. <laughs> <laughs> Start drawing things to people. Help. Stuck in attic. <laughs> but so he, while he's uncovering things to wear because he's getting cold and he's finding all these fur coats and gloves and things that he decides to put on, he ends up coming across a whole bunch of old, reeled family movies. And... I don't know why, Mike, but he sets up his movie watching a bu- on top of the door of the attic. Yeah. <laughs> like, of all the places. And I think it was it was also followed by some silly slapstick, you know, stepping on boards and going into his face kind of thing, which I didn't really care for that part. Yeah, and then he steps on one part of the roof and, like, falls through. Yeah, he falls through the drywall. Bed, which is <laughs> yeah. really lucky. <laughs> yeah, I was really lucky. Although that would have been a way out, right? 
But so he sets up the reel and he's watching all the movies up, upstairs in the attic while he's waiting to kill time for everyone to get home. And he sets up right on top of the door. So when his wife gets home and she's going to go up and hide gifts also, she pulls down the pull down attic and he comes tumbling out of the attic. So. <laughs> the, but um, he has like a nice little nostalgic moment there too with like watching his family mm-hmm. and, and him as a kid on the old film reels. And so I think that that is also kind of a softening part of the movie. I have to say that the the film reels, the old film was to make me think of you and your recent mishap. Oh my gosh. Can we just talk about that for yeah, one I, second? I've wanted to anyway. Oh, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, anyway. So this is the story of, <laughs> I don't even know where to start. I guess I, I've, my uncle gave me this huge bag of old film reels. Where did they had. come from? <clears throat> I guess they came from my mom's uh, family. And my uncle hands me all these film reels. And he's like, I don't know what's on them. And we started pulling some of them out while he was here and like looking at them in the light and taking photo shots of some of the frames. And they were family stuff, like people at weddings and a christening. And my, my mom and my uncle were recognizing some of the people. So we're like, okay, let's not pull all of these out because we don't want to wreck them. Um, you know, because you have this old film reel that half of the film is deteriorated. You don't want to be pulling it out if you don't know what you're doing. So I decided for Christmas this year, I wanted to send them all out to get professionally digitized and then give that as a gift to my mom. Well, I send them out and then I got them back like last week and there's all these stickers all over five of the reels. I sent in uh, eight reels and five of them had these stickers on it and said, could not digitize because it had explicit content. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? Explicit content. Like, did did my family make like porno videos? Or is this like is this like ancient like is this is this dirty home movies? Is this what I found? Is I was like, what is on here? Right? And I was like, well, maybe, I don't know, maybe they're just I don't know. But it said explicit content. So what else could that mean? Right. And I was just I kept emailing the company and being like, what was on there? And they're like, being super vague about it like oh i don't know sometimes this happens we can't you know we can't digitize explicit content and i was like what does that mean i'm like were they old porno films and they're like yeah sometimes that's what it is it's like (laughs) why are you being so vague like let me talk to the tech that looked at these movies so i started getting so frustrated marco and i pulled them out because we're like okay if they're old pornos like i don't care if we ruin them but let's find this out so we're unrolling all of these film reels and at first they look like normal things. Like a couple of them look all normal. Like, I don't know, like a shot of a sign. And then like two people walking around a bedroom, like two ladies. And then all of a sudden they start getting undressed. And we're like, oh my God, these are old pornos. Oh so God. they're old, por- they're like old 1940s pornos. And I have five of them. <laughs> I, it's, there's kind of a part of me that can't believe that they were made. They get very explicit. And apparently they were in, I don't know whose basement but somebody had them in my family. So <laughs> Merry Christmas, huge stack of porn. Like, Can you imagine if they would have digitized them and then you oh didn't my God, we got them back or something and, like, and you like oh. sent them out as gifts? Like, Or I didn't watch them before bringing yeah. them to Christmas and we're like, let's sit down and watch some family <laughs> movies together. And then there's like, oh my God. They were so, oh, they were dirty, Mike. They were really dirty. They, oh, wow. they didn't hold back then <laughs> there seems like part of me that like it just can't i can't conceive it because it just feels like it was a more innocent time obviously, <laughs> it was obviously not. it wasn't they had reels of porno in their basement it was not innocent no. so 
I don't know whose dirty porn collection, like what family member I inherited their porno collection, but it seems funnier like to imagine going through the ordeal of getting the projector set up. Oh gosh. You know, I don't even have a, like that's what my friend was like, well, maybe we could take them down to the library and watch them. I'm like, I'm not going to set up a reel to reel (laughs) in the library where like kids are walking around picking out, you know, like Christmas books and we're watching like 1940s porn. (laughs) <laughs> so if we ever see like in the background of an instagram photo a reel-to-reel projector in your home we'll know you what know you've done. that we were checking it out mm-hmm. yeah so but we were you know we were able to use our macro lens on our camera and like shoot and see the film strips and we held them up to the light and at first we're like nothing's happening this one has a lot of, like some of them like we're right into it you know you're like oh my god <laughs> they didn't waste I any time i imagine the horror of looking at that thinking that you're looking at a family movie and being oh like gosh. cousin mary what are you doing <laughs> no mary no nana no put it away oh my god <laughs> nana no oh dear so uh um. <laughs> clark was watching movies that were a little bit more just family oriented uh yes yes his were much more sweet and nice <laughs> and everyone's clothes were on <laughs> i just want to say that they definitely weren't my family members mm-hmm. unless my family members were you know porn actors back in the day and i'm just not sure and they might be but they were very professionally done so okay there we go just need to put that out there <laughs> case closed yeah uh, poor company <laughs> clark falls through the ceiling where where are we on to oh now then we get back to the lights so this is yeah. where Ed, eddie shows up so there's a whole mishap with clark trying to figure out how to get the lights on and um so do you want to explain this part? Yeah, it kind of what it seemed like was happening was he had so many extension cords and had done so much work to get the wiring right. He seemed to have accidentally wired the light switch to the garage to turn on and off the lights but didn't know he'd done this. Oh, let me explain. <laughs> so this part, I don't know. All right, in houses around here and older homes a lot of times for some weird, weird reason, the light switches are hooked up to outlets. And the reason for that is so if you have a floor lamp plugged in, you can walk into a room and flip on the light and the floor lamp goes on. So you don't have to like go around the room plugging in lights because they're used to not be overhead lights and everything. So this, the the outlet that he ended up plugging everything into in the garage was connected to an outlet. It wasn't his wiring. It was just the way the house is. Right. So if the outlet is off, then everything plugged into it is going to be off. And he totally didn't realize that that was what was going on. And his wife ended up realizing it um, after checking all the various extension cords and fire hazards that were plugged in around the house. She realizes that the reason all these lights aren't working, and he just had spent the whole previous day rechecking every single bulb right that's what they said he was he yep. checked them all again like t- all twenty five thousand bulbs and it was really the problem was only with the light switch so she flicks it on at the very exact moment that clark is outside and he plugs in the lights and the whole house just illuminates into a giant sun of christmas and then like they they zoom back and the town the lights start to dim and it cuts to like a power station and they turn on the backup nuclear power on <laughs> yeah. because he's drawing so much power from the grid 
<laughs> and again, they terrorize the hipster couple because they've had a long day and they're uh, in bed with a glass of wine and the lights down. And then these this incredibly bright light just like shines through their window, right? Because they're just seeing the, the <laughs> yeah. light. And then they like get up and they can't see and then the lights go off and they fall down and break something and like they keep like getting up and falling over stuff. And doesn't like the guy fall down a flight of stairs at one point during this <laughs> yeah. as well? Well, because like the lights just keep getting so bright and then they stop working because people are flipping that switch and no one's realizing what's happening until the very final moment. So you see the lights going on and off of the house and it's just frustrating everyone. And then it's affecting everyone's vision in well, the hipster couple's vision. Mm-hmm. So they end up falling around, breaking everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So once the, the lights are on and everyone's like cheering Clark and, and telling him how wonderful he is and, and how beautiful the house looks, even though everyone's pretty much blinded. Um, Cousin Eddie shows up. So I want you to talk about this part. Cousin Eddie, um, I'm I'm trying to think of ways to describe Cousin Eddie that are not like offensive to certain people. You know? Hmm. Like, Cousin Eddie lives in an RV. A really, really gross, rundown, terrible, terrible RV. Yeah. And... He has seems he has not worked in seven years, and he's kind of like is white trash an acceptable thing to say? I don't know, but that's but yeah, that's no, how I know it from American TV, right? <laughs> yeah, I would say like he is the caricature um, epitome of kind of hickey trailer park kind of um, scummy people but he's nice he's not a mean guy no he's just very (laughs) interesting ways of doing things yeah and he he's a he's a he's just a a huge caricature of of that type of um bang 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 Yep. That's the best way to put it. That is it. That's the perfect description. Nailed it. <laughs> but that is exactly it. And like, you know, he has like weird they do like weird things. Like there's what they send the kids in and he what did he say to his wife? Like, don't forget the the leather suits and the gerbils or something he <laughs> says to her. I don't know. I don't even know, really. He says that. Yeah. Yeah. Because he says like they've had a long drive and it's time for me and mom to have some special family time or adult time or something he says. <laughs> and he like he whispers it to her. It's something like don't forget the leather suits and the gerbils. Oh my. Yeah. So that's a whole different <laughs> thing. Uh, but the kids are like, what do they say? Like the, the girl, like the, the, the mom, like the grandma looks at the girl and is like, oh, you're not cross-eyed anymore. And she was like, oh, they fell down the stairs and her eyes went cross. She got kicked in the head by, the, by a mule and they got fixed again. Yeah, yep. They're very <laughs> like um, country backwoods uh-huh. type lifestyle that they're living, you know. So, and, But it's like, you know, the, you, you can imagine in that scenario, like he's like the black sheep of the family kind of thing and nobody wants mm-hmm. him around and he's shown up and is not going to leave for a long time. Well, because they're also, the, he's kind of like a moocher, you know, like mm-hmm. you get that sense that it's his just like he says the reason he's been out of work for seven years is because oh he's holding out for a management job you know like 
it's like uh if you need to work you know you work you do what you got to do like it's the type of fam- everyone has that type of family member that they they just they're moochy <laughs> you know this is the best way to put it yeah like he shows um, that off later on right when the kids are saying to uh, to like his kids um, Eddie's kids are saying to Clark and Ellen about the fact that like oh Santa's not we've been t- uh, mommy and daddy told us Santa isn't coming this year so Clark and Ellen decide to buy presents for the kids and, and mm-hmm. Clark and uh, Uncle Eddie um, are in like a it looks like a Walmart yep they're in Walmart they're in Walmart <laughs> and he's saying oh we want to buy presents for your kids this year and he's like oh I couldn't have that he's like no we insist and he's like okay here's a list yeah, he just happens to have a list in his pocket and he's like, oh, here you go. So you have like this mixed emotion feeling of like feeling really sad for this family because they um, they are impoverished and they aren't making a lot of money and they have these kids to support and they're down on their luck for seven years. And um, but at the same time, it's like, what are you doing to make things better? You know, so and and but then they start mooching off of them. So it, it's again, it's that that you bring together all of these people and, and it's a big mix of emotions on how you feel about them. Yep. But so when Clark and uh, Eddie are inside and they're drinking eggnog out of the moose mugs, which is a huge thing for this movie. And uncle Eddie is wearing that black dicky underneath his white sweater. Did you catch that? No, I didn't catch that. Do you know what a dicky is? Isn't it like uh, something you put on underneath a tuxedo? No, no, that's, um, I think you're thinking of a, a cummerbund. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Um, a dicky is a mock, it's like a half turtleneck. Oh, okay. That it's only a, it only goes down, it's like a swoopy piece of fabric down the front and the back. So it's, it makes it look like you're wearing a turtleneck under your sweater, but you're really only wearing like a collar of a turtleneck. <laughs> and if you look at cousin Eddie, he is wearing a black one of those, un, like, underneath a white sweater so you can see the outline <laughs> of this fake turtleneck dicky thing and you're supposed to wear them so you don't get hot you know so you're not like wearing a turtleneck and a sweater but they're really kind of they're so cheesy i mean later on in the movie he wears like a blue leisure leisure suit so oh it looked like denim or something yeah like some fake blue leisure suit denim but anyway so the, they're drinking eggnog and, and talking to each other out of these moose head mugs and that has become like a huge iconic thing for the movie. And they even have like all of the collectibles in a store that you can go get like all of these moose mugs. You can even buy Cousin Eddie's Dicky and wear it for your Christmas parties. Um, oh I just God. sent you the link. Who <laughs> who runs this? I don't know, but I've totally ordered from them before. So, <laughs> which I also sent you pictures of my brother and I drinking out of the moose mugs. Oh my word. Look at all this stuff. There's so much stuff yeah there's so much stuff it's pretty great so that so that's like a huge iconic thing is that scene where clark and eddie are sharing some eggnog together yep uh so where are we next is, is does he go back to work it's back in work at this point and he goes to give the um the present to his boss yeah, all of that happened over the course of like four days because the next thing you see is you see the um, the advent little door opening up again and it's like, and it's December 18th. Yeah. So. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. And I like, the, I like that scene where he goes in to his boss and he's like, oh, me and the wife picked out a special something for you. And it, 
he's, and the boss is like, put it over there. Like, there's this, like, massive desk. It's like the boss's office, but he has, like, a conference table desk. <laughs> yeah, it's like a caricature of a huge, just tremendous, tremendous office room. Like, he's like a king yep. at the head of this, you know, 50-person table that he <laughs> would be in there. And... I like that the he says like put it down with the rest of them and every single gift is shaped the same. They're all yeah, wrapped I, up, but they're exactly the same. I was trying to wonder what was in there. No idea. Like what, yeah, because they were all had that exact same awkward shape. But I guess maybe they just had to make that weird shape so that it would be very iconic that every gift was the same. So I like that. It's like oh, we picked out something special, but whatever it is, it's whatever you buy your boss. Like, I was imagining it being, like, some sort of, like, uh, mini golf executive toy game type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. It's something like that. Or, like, a, um, like, a, some sort of stress toy of some description. You know, the the types of Mm -hmm. things that you buy for somebody. Yeah, like a desk doodad. Yep. And I love it to try and get um, Clark to leave. He, like, picks up the phone and he says... uh, Oh, he says, he says, I'm in the middle of an important call. And it picks up the phone. <laughs> says, get me somebody. And it's and get me somebody else while I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, that whole that whole scene was kind of to also set up the more, the, the idea of his Christmas bonus. Mm-hmm. And he's waiting for it. And Clark um, put down a deposit to put in a huge pool for his family. And with hopes that he will be getting a Christmas bonus. So as it's getting closer to Christmas, he's getting more and more nervous that the bonus, like where, when's the bonus going to show up? Because he's out a whole bunch of money to, um, for this family pool that he's been planning. But, so that's like an, uh, the small snippets of these, these office scenes are kind of the underlying current of the movie of, of that plot. Is this a place in the world where someone would get a pool? Because it, it looked like the winter was not very kind. Um, I mean, in the sun, like oftentimes if you have a big house, especially in certain parts of the country, you don't have very dense community areas, you know, like where we, where I live, we have a community pool and the way everyone's yards are, there's just very, very few people have their own pool. But where I grew up, the houses were like kind of further apart and there wasn't like a community pool to go to that everyone liked going to or anything like that. So a lot of people would put in their own backyard pools. And I mean, I grew up in New York State, so it gets pretty snowy here, or at least it used to. Now it's like 60 degrees. But I I think, yeah, I think looking at the sides of his house and, and the type of house that he has, he would totally be like, we're putting in a pool. Okay, and then because it's like you know, it's just one of those things again that like doesn't translate so much here because nobody has the space to put a pool in, and plus our weather's never good enough. (laughs) In the eighties, too, everyone had like that disposable income, and like even if you use the pool like for three months or or two months, that's that's enough, you know. So then the next scene, he's like, is when is this when he's looking out the window and he's like imagining because the the bonus check isn't coming basically like the bonus check should have arrived by this time it hasn't arrived. Uh, no, first they go saucering, they go sledding. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is kind of goofy. It's like a goofy little scene, and because um, something that Clark is working on at his job is this cooking spray that or that's super, I don't know, slick, I guess. And he he sprays it on the bottom of his uh, the sledding saucer, and a goofy scene of him like shooting down the hill, 
with like fire coming out from under his sled and just going through traffic and breaking through buildings and ending up in a Walmart. Yeah. I think that was just kind of like a goofy scene. Yeah. It was, it was a bit of a throwaway scene. Yeah. Cause I, I get what they were going for. I think they made him like originally like the effect that they used to make him go like show that he was going fast was too much. Mm-hmm. You know, like he goes like lightning fast and sets the snow on fire. Um, yeah. But then when they're showing him going along, he's not going as quickly. And I, and I wish that they would have done it that way. Because otherwise, like otherwise, it wasn't. It just wasn't for me. It wasn't as funny to make it too quick. Like it was just, it was just too. Yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah. A couple of things in the movie like kind of pull you out of the reality of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like in the very beginning, when the Christmas trees like lit from the heavens, you know that that's like a little bit of a goofy thing. And then this with the the flaming saucer, and then him walking around in the attic, getting hit in the face with the boards. Like there are a couple little things that because it is such a classic movie and everyone loves it everyone kind of like forgets those scenes they're like yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> that's okay yeah we can we can overlook that part which is probably mm-hmm. why i completely forgot it yeah yeah exactly because then like yeah then he's got the the worry of not getting the bonus check the bonus check hasn't arrived yet um and he's you know goes home that evening after being at work and staying late no bonus check and he's just looking out the window and right, like, and this is December 21st, so for reference. So now, presumably, so he, I don't know, he's like just looking out there in sadness or looking out and wait, hoping that someone's going to arrive with like a courier. But then he starts like daydreaming about having a pool and what it would look like and the whole family's there. And Eddie is like <laughs> got like a Speedo and a vest on. <laughs> well, yeah, um, I think the the harsh term for it is the uh, wife beater. Yeah, see, we like call the- them vests. Vests? Yeah, that the, is a vest. The tank top? Yeah. The, like, undershirt tank top? Yeah. Yeah, I don't really like the wife beater term. Yeah, it's that a, great. not a great, not a no. great phrase. But anyway, I love that it's, so he has on, like, the leopard print Speedo, and I love that the undershirt is tucked into the Speedo, yep. so it's, like, coming out of the legs. Yep. That cracks me up. And he's just standing on the, the, the diving board drinking a beer. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because later in the movie, you find out he can't swim. Right. So, which is right. why he never gets in the pool, I suppose, at that point. Yeah, there you go. But yeah, so the whole family, he's having this fantasy that the whole family is is enjoying the, the pool that he's so, um, he worked so hard and got the, the money to, together to do it and wanted to do this great, wonderful thing for his family and, and how much enjoyment they're all going to get out of it. But then, <laughs> then. it transitions. <laughs> so this is where you should drop in the Melikalikimaka song. <laughs> yeah, so this was the song from top four that I didn't get. Like, I'd never heard it, and you said it was partly because I hadn't seen this movie. Mm-hmm. And so the, it's like... The the lady comes back, right? So the, the, the lady from the department store is back. Yeah, the, the underwear clerk. The underwear clerk, <laughs> yep. I like that. And she is standing on the diving board in her now what is exactly a Baywatch. Costume. oh yeah the high cut leg the red yep. tight yes and then she's kind of like beckoning to clark to come out to the pool and then she just ever so slowly starts taking off the swimming costume and the whole family has disappeared now the, the pool is yeah. empty besides yeah. her on the diving board good point the family has disappeared they are gone <laughs> um and then it's like you know it's very suggestive and they show her from certain angles and then eventually she throws the whole thing in the pool and dives in the pool. Well, and she flicks the, she throws the bathing suit off with her foot. Like it gets all the way out and she flicks it off with her foot and it hits the window. Yeah, that's one Clark of the is. other moments. 
It's like, well, that didn't happen, did it? <laughs> it like startles him. He's like, whoa. <laughs> like, my imagination's amazing. <laughs> and then um, what happens in the background is his, would it be his niece? Yeah, yeah. Eddie's daughter. Yeah. Uh, comes downstairs and she's just wanted to talk to him. This is where she, she t- tells him about the Santa thing that we mentioned when they end up going to Walmart. But basically mm-hmm. she disturbs him just at the moment where she is pulling herself out of the water having dived in. Yep. So he's just <laughs> about to see what he's looking for and then he gets gets pulled out of that moment by his niece. Yeah. But this is, like, this is one of those things where it shows the nice guy in him, like he sits her down and talks to her to make sure that she's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And he, talk, and he talks to her real, very calmly, you know, like not, um, you know, very, um, he's very considerate yeah. of her, of her feelings and, and helping and not wanting to like say anything bad about her parents. You know, like he, he's very delicate with the whole situation. Yeah. Which is good. I like that. And then they end up going to Walmart um, and they go through that whole scene where we mentioned about buying the gifts and then is it the next one where they sit down? Is it like, is it Christmas Eve now? And then they have like the big family dinner, the first one. Before that all happens, he, is it in the morning that they wake up in the morning before they go to shopping with Walmart and he's looking out the window and he says, there's an asshole in his bathrobe emptying toxic sewage into my sewer. Like, yep, that's <laughs> where it. Eddie's pumping all of the RVs, um, excrement from the, you know, from the sewer system in the RV into the sewer of the street. And he's out there and he's smoking his cigar and, and he's pumping the sewage. And he says, which is a huge line in the movie and everywhere. And everyone has jumped onto this and make shirts out of it. And he's like, when the posh neighbors come out, um, he's like saying Merry Christmas to everybody. And he turns to them. He's like, Merry Christmas. Sure was full. And he's like pumping all of this sewage into the, into the street. And that's, that's like a huge that's a tiny scene but it, it's huge in in the the culture of the movie i guess you yeah because i i think they knew that it was gonna be a, a fun line because he says it multiple times to multiple people yeah he says it to clark and then he he um he says it to the neighbor yep <laughs> yeah as he's like going out for a run in the morning and he just like ah he just runs back inside <laughs> and he's like in this short little bathrobe like eddie's sitting in, with the hat on with that yep. like with the like um woodsman two cat is on and <laughs> he's drinking a beer and he has the hose going into the <laughs> yeah. and there's a big setup for later right where clark's like he's pouring it into the storm drain all that gas is just gonna collect mm-hmm. and yep. like, they mentioned that a couple of times throughout the movie because there's like a payoff later on yeah yeah but i i love that image of eddie and <laughs> yeah i you can't not if you know this movie often that's like one of that's that's one of the great scenes but so quick really yeah it's they're they're the ones that tend to like it's that type of thing that tends to catch on with cult movies right it's just like that little thing that happens which could be a throwaway moment but ends up everybody just latches onto it (laughs) yeah and uh then he but he's also he's next to this pile of garbage that uh, it's like all of the things so far up to this point in the movie that have gotten destroyed yeah. through all of the horrible mishaps. So you have um, the reindeer, like the, the Santa and the reindeer, which got totally destroyed. The sled without a bottom because it got burned off, and uh, a couple of various other things that that have been thrown away because they got ruined through various mishaps this whole holiday season. 
Yeah, it's fun. Like to once you notice that to look through the movie and you see like as the trash starts to build and the things yeah. that are in the trash as more and more things go wrong throughout the film. <laughs> yeah. So is that? So, it, does it then move forward to the to the dinner then? Uh, but yeah. Yeah, then then they go shopping, which we talked about before, and then it's finally Christmas Eve, and it's December so it's December twenty fourth, and they're all um, sitting down to dinner, and and the old aunt and uncle come over, yep. and the old aunt who accidentally not accidentally she is a little bit senile and brings over these gifts, and one of them was her cat, and the other in one a was box. a Jello mold. Yeah, both in a box wrapped up. <laughs> yeah, and then they come in, and there's a whole hoopla with them coming in. Um, and then they they sit down to eat a meal together, um, and they ask the older aunt to say grace, and she says the Pledge of Allegiance, right? <laughs> yes, and they all go with it. <laughs> yep, just, just, we'll just do this. And then, um, is it Catherine, who's Eddie's wife, has made the turkey, mm-hmm. and it looks really great, right? It's this beautiful brown turkey. And Clark goes to carve it, and like, what? Like, what actually happens here? It's like it explodes, <laughs> or like it like deflates. Like, it, 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 he just he punctures a hole in it, so all of the like dry air that was inside of the turkey just escapes, and it just it collapses into this sinewy, dried out, like stone husk. of a messy turkey. <laughs> and it's so like it's just and she starts crying you know Catherine starts crying she feels so bad that her turkey was terrible and but everyone in the family is also again they're very supportive of this disaster that just happened (laughs) with this disgusting you know bomb of a dry turkey and they're all chewing on it right like yeah and it's like crunching it and yeah you see this whole long extended eating scene where they're just like gnawing on like hard pieces of turkey and and then isn't there something like that with the jello? Like they think that the the cat has used the jello mold as like a little box or something. I think she put cat food on the jello. Oh, okay. I could I couldn't work out exactly what was going on there. Yeah, I saw it and I and I I'm pretty sure I remember it being cat food. And I wanted to, I was going to rewind it and then I'm like, ah, we probably won't talk about that part. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like cat food or something. But Eddie really likes it and he's like, give me more of that Jello. <laughs> do you have Jello molds? Do yeah, you, we call yeah. we call it jelly though. Ugh, no one makes that stuff anymore. That's that's so old. No, but so. Meanwhile, during dinner, the dog is um, Snots, which is Eddie's dog. He's a big, like, Rottweiler dog. Is under the table, like, coughing on a bone. Yep. And um, the cat that they actually let out of the box that the aunt accidentally wrapped up is walking around the living room and starts playing with the Christmas lights in the living room. Yep. And, like, she's, like, chewing them and stuff, right? So she chews through the wire um, and then she pulls the the, so- the plugs out of the sockets. So... Mm-hmm. Clark goes into the living room and notices this, that the, the, the lights aren't on. So he starts looking around and he finds the plugs. And he does one of those great movie things. He picks up the plug and looks at it and then <laughs> plugs it in. And no one would do that. Like he like <laughs> picks it up, turns it around, looks at it and plugs it in. Like what is he expecting to see? Like I don't know, but like he looks at it, plugs it in. And then as soon as he does it, it like sets off, like it's, it fuses everything. Yeah, it's, it sparks. But- yeah. And the spark is underneath, like the main part where like the cat is chewed through is sitting underneath one of the the chairs in the in the living room. Yeah, where the, the cat, cat is also <laughs> under there as well. 
<laughs> yeah, the cat's still chewing on the cord underneath the chair. And then when he plugs it in, the it's it shorts and disintegrates the cat. I think is probably the only way to put it. <laughs> I mean, I am so against animal cruelty, but that is so funny when they pull the chair away because they hear a rock and like <laughs> they pull the chair away and the chair is all singed underneath and then there's just like an outline of cat fur in the shape of a cat underneath the chair yeah so the cat totally got electrocuted and i'm pretty sure eddie said he's like well if that thing had nine lives he just used them all or something like that <laughs> um, but it's like the, the, the funny part to me is there is no cat there yeah it's just like a little fluff of hair it's right? like a dark outline in the carpet like as if the, the electric the electric shock disintegrated the cat like the cat immediately completely turned to ashes <laughs> i know that was a pretty big like electrical surge <laughs> to do that to both the furniture and the cat and so anyway so then eddie and clark carry the chair outside and put it on the pile of garbage with everything else that has yep. gotten ruined and while they're doing that um the old uncle who had just showed up right before dinner, he's uh, Uncle Lewis. He's lighting his cigar over by the Christmas tree. Yeah. And then what, how does this happen? It's like he lights his cigar and like there's an explosion and the Christmas tree turns. <laughs> well, like... <laughs> all before, if you were looking, there was a whole, oh, because the, the dog, remember back when they were um, in the living room, uh, Clark and Eddie were talking and drinking eggnog and the dog was drinking the water out of the tree. Yep. And he's like, if that dog keeps drinking the water out of that tree, it's going to dry out. So the implication is that the dog continued throughout all these days, just uh -huh. constantly drinking the water out of the tree. So if you look, there kept being more and more piles of dried pine needles surrounding the tree. So it's like been slowly drying out. And so when Uncle Lewis goes over there and he lights up his cigar, it's like kindling. Like it's all dry tinder and it just, it goes up in flames. Uh, I totally didn't get that. So the tree just, that he spent so much time in the beginning of the movie, finding, digging up, bringing home, like all the things that we've seen them go through with this tree just just goes up and the tree just goes up in flames and burns to the ground and uncle lewis catches a little bit on fire but he's okay and clark's like my my tree you've just like you just set my whole tree on fire this is like it's christmas eve this was christmas and now my tree is like burnt to the ground and all the little ornaments are are singed and on fire and hanging there and yeah it's just like a skeleton of a tree this is when he gets the bonus check right yeah then the door rings uh door the door someone knocks at the door and again of course to add to the ruined things the person knocking the knocker on the door when clark opens up the door the it comes off the door with the wreath and everything <laughs> it's like another thing and then he receives the bonus check and mm. like well he just has the envelope and then he tells the whole family what he was going to do with his bonus check which he shouldn't have done before he opened it Right. Terrible, right. terrible form. So he tells them all about the pool, and then he says, oh, I've paid so much money for it that if with this, you know, if I didn't get the bonus check, then I wouldn't be able to afford the payment and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, oh, it's all going to be okay because I have the bonus check now. We're all good. I think um, he kind of like had that kind of mouth vomit of words be with his family because he was feeling so tense yeah. about getting this bonus check. And like, 
he finally felt relief that it arrived and he's like oh i can finally tell you about this this has been weighing on me i've been so nervous about not being able to afford this because i already put down the down payment and he opens up the envelope and it's a jelly of the month club (laughs) (laughs) and clark kind of loses it well i love it he says immediately that's the gift that keeps on giving (laughs) (laughs) he's like thanks eddie thanks but yeah, this is when Clark Clark goes crazy at this point, mm-hmm. and the, like part of the, the result of this is he grabs a chainsaw and like goes outside. Like this is after like screaming and, and shouting, and he drinks like a bunch of eggnog, um, <laughs> and like he he has this like big tirade about like how terrible his boss is, and says like what is like his greatest gift would be his boss um, brought to him in a red bow. Mm-hmm. Right, and then be- he starts shouting off every single possible superlative curse name at his boss that he could possibly think of yep. in this big long speech which again that's another huge part of the movie everyone loves that speech and it ends with like hallelujah holy shit where's my Tylenol <laughs> <laughs> and he just like storms off and then Eddie leaves Right after like Clark guzzles eggnog, has his huge speech, says he wants his boss with the big bow on him, and then um, you see Eddie pull out of the driveway with the RV. Mm-hmm. So you can assume where he's going. Yeah, you right. can assume where he's going because earlier when they were talking about um, you know Clark helping out with the kids' Christmas, uh, Eddie tells him, "Well, well I want to give you something real special, Clark. I'm going to think of something really great to give you for Christmas." And so Eddie gets it in his head. And he uh, he kind of goes off. off this down is the when road. Clark goes out to the garage and he gets a chainsaw. The family attempt to stop him and quickly realize that that's a bad idea because he has that crazy look in his eyes, as they say. And then he starts cutting down the tree that's in their front lawn. <laughs> and then it goes over to uh, the hipster couple and they're sitting at dinner and and um, <laughs> is uh, and the 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 lady. What's her name again? I just know his name oh, is Todd. With Julia Louise Dreyfus. She's Margot yeah, yeah. is her character name. Margot. She's saying, you know, we we should have got a Christmas tree. Like, I know it's tacky, but maybe we should have got one. And then Todd is like, where are we going to get a Christmas tree on Christmas Eve? And then, like, it just smashes through the window. Like, the top <laughs> of the tree just smashes through the window, breaks another window in their house. <laughs> I know, right? Um, and then this is the tree that uh, Clark brings into the house, and they decorate again. Um, and then a squirrel escapes. <laughs> they yeah. react way too harshly to a squirrel. I thought so too. I'm like, everyone is so freaked out about this squirrel. Like they you just... don't want the squirrel in your house, but like everybody freaks out way too much about the squirrel. Yeah, I agree. People was... are passing out. Like they're running <laughs> around the house. <laughs> yeah, How do they all... end up getting rid of it? The dog ends up chasing the squirrel. Oh, yeah. And... Oh, also total chaos and and destruction ensues because the dog busts through a door to get the squirrel and then they knock everything over in the dining room and they're running all over the house this this big dog is chasing this little squirrel and then um the the posh hipster couple um they decide they're so angry with everything that's been happening that uh what Margot is telling todd like you need to go over there and just punch him in the face like just tell this this guy off because all of this stuff keeps happening to us and todd's like no no no, i'm not going to and she's like well i'll do it so she's going over there with the intention of like slugging him uh slugging clark and then the the 
squirrel and the dog are running around. Clark opens up the door just as she's about to knock on the door. And the squirrel jumps onto onto the posh hipster couple, uh, onto her, um, Margot. And then the dog jumps onto her. And then she's like limping back home to Todd. Well, like, Clark all... just closes the door, right? Like, yeah, he he's like, happen, oh, took care of it. <laughs> he just closes the door after the dog and the squirrel have, have gone out. And then she goes back home to Todd and ends up punching him in the face. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Knocks him over the couch. Yeah. She's like, ah, because she's all disheveled, like one heel is off and she's a total mess because she just got attacked by a squirrel and a dog. And nobody cares. Everybody's so then like, they, Clark goes back into the house and is this when Eddie brings the boss back? Well, every, well, he goes back into the house and everyone, and he, everyone's trying to leave and he's yes. like, no, 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 you're not leaving. You have to stay and sit through this. And he's like, no, 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 we're having this Christmas. This is happening. He's kind of like on the edge. He's just kind of had a nervous breakdown and he's, he's coming off of it, but he's still a little bit crazy. And he sits everyone down and he has and he has a good like heart to heart talk with his dad after he convinces everyone to stay. Yeah. Right. Isn't that what happens? Yeah. Yeah. And he's. Um, yeah. Doesn't he ask his dad to read Silent Night? And then the yes. dad's like, I'm retired now. Like you're the man of the family. Yeah, so that was a really nice moment. Like, yeah. you know, the dad reassuring Clark that like, you know, even though this didn't work out the way you thought it was going to, you're a really good dad and you're trying really hard and you're thinking of your family and, um, you know, he kind of brings it all back. And then you see like this angelic Christmas family moment again with everyone sitting around the living room reading uh, The Night Before Christmas. And then and... Eddie arrives. And <laughs> that's when it? Eddie. Clark looks outside and he's like, Eddie's bringing in someone tied up with a bow and a dog leash around their hands and feet or something like that yeah and then he comes in like brings the boss in um and you know kind of all hell breaks loose they start arguing and then clark says how terrible the boss is for cutting off the bonuses and then the boss fires clark um and then they have this like long back and forth which makes the boss see the error of his ways right I know, but it was really like three lines of dialogue, and the boss yeah. is like, "Oh it wow!" It wasn't very difficult for his mind to be changed. No, he's like, "Oh wow, I really do feel the spirit of Christmas." Here's your money plus twenty percent. You know, like yeah. it's just it really like, didn't the little take people, much the little people's who we need. The bottom line is not that important when we need people, <laughs> and it's like you would never have made that decision in the first place if you could be so easily swayed. Yeah, it's totally. He is just completely. He's just like, "Oh wow, I didn't really think of it that way." You're right. Here's some money. It's like the bottom line is not as important as the people. And then like not <laughs> oh, only gives Christmas. him his bonus back, doesn't know what it is, but says add 20% to it. Yeah, well, he says whatever you got last year, add yep. 20%. That's so, what I mean. It could be any amount of money, right? Like he's gone from not wanting to give anything to anyone to giving like an unknown increase to, yeah. the, to, to, to Clark's bonus. And so, everyone's like, yay, and everyone's happy and hugging, and even the boss is like, you know, happy and meeting this family. But then you see they cut to outside of the house, and the SWAT team starts descending, like the, these policemen to start descending on the house in every possible corner, like from and the, the hipster's roof. house. And the hipster's house. <laughs> you had to put that in there. <laughs> um, and they're just like, they're all over every single part. They're, they're on the roof you see all the crazy lights you know all the strands yep. of lights and they're like walking all over them um and then they they end up busting through the windows like 
that's a pretty extreme police presence for like a minor kidnapping that you're not even quite sure it's been like what two hours yeah I, I thought that my only thinking behind this was that the boss is such like a high-powered figure that he's friends with the police chief yeah but there was like swap presents oh, they're like much. swinging in on route you know like it's it's again it's another one of those ridiculously exaggerated moments like they where... went through every single window <laughs> yes every window and the neighbor's house and like they yeah they were everywhere but there was an issue i had was right like these are clearly extremely well trained right because they're like rappelling down the building they're like going <laughs> through the windows and then when the police chief says freeze the swat team freeze and he's like no not you like why would you like <laughs> How many times have you obviously done this? <laughs> right. And it's like, and this guy's been missing for like two hours. Yep. It, it's a huge overreaction. And then the wife, um, the boss's wife comes in in like this huge fur coat and her like Christmas lingerie. I don't know what was going on. And he's like, oh, it was all a big misunderstanding. I met these nice people. And remember how I told you I was going to get rid of the bonuses? Well, I did. And she's like, you're terrible. I can't believe you did that. You know, it was that whole ending scene was just, it was so surfacy and quick to wrap everything up. You know, like I like the whole idea of the, the boss coming and Clark, you know, getting pissed and wanting to tell him off and then Eddie bringing him as the gift. But how that all wrapped up, I think at the end, was a little surfacey, silly, sloppy. But it felt like we've run out of time. Yeah. And we have to get everybody their happy ending. I mean, it's a goofy movie anyway, so I think it's another one of those scenes. It's like, yeah, we can forgive that. But yeah. I think they could have done better. I just like how like the, the evil boss and everyone, like they got all this money, the couple, right? But they even she's like so disgusted that she, that he her husband wouldn't give the bonuses it's like you wouldn't feel that way like no because otherwise you wouldn't be in this massive mansion house with like they show one like she's in the library at one point right when she calls the police and there's all these old books around and it's like no you don't <laughs> you don't feel that way otherwise <laughs> you wouldn't have that big house more profit would go out to the people right 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 um so it, it, it's just this funny thing like and then obviously he gets the pool um and then then what like they will go outside or something and then they start singing the american national anthem right oh but, well the little girl thinks she sees santa claus but yeah. it was a shooting star and the northern lights ish kind of thing uh happening in the sky right and so she runs out and she because she thinks she sees santa claus this is eddie's daughter and so the kids get all excited about it and then the old aunt starts again singing the national anthem because of like the stars and Oh, because the everything. uncle as well has has uh, thrown a match from his cigar into the sewer and exploded everything, right? And oh, that's right. Yes, yes. So oh it's my gosh. finally the payoff for the gas, including right. the Santa and the sleigh and the reindeer that was meant to right, go on the roof that was the... broken. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's flying through the air, yep. and that's when the ant starts singing the national anthem. <laughs> Yeah. Why did so. she sing the national anthem? <laughs> I don't know. Like, she already did the Pledge of Allegiance. Obviously, she forgot to. She forgot what she was gonna sing. But what was she going to sing? Right. But then everyone, like everyone, joins in. Even the police who don't know about this aunt, <laughs> I know. right? And the fact that she's a little senile. Yeah. They, all the like, all the Barney police, like the faceless police, they're all yep. just like around, also singing the national anthem to this flaming Santa Claus. But everyone is super into it. Yeah. It's Christmas vacation. And then Clark and um, Ellen are making out. And 
it's just uh it wraps it all up merry yep. christmas to everybody merry christmas and then the terrible song yeah you don't like that song i didn't like that song <laughs> i was gonna say i like that song but it's because i like the movie yeah you probably get to like that song because of the movie but they mm-hmm. played that song in the opening credits and the end credits and it was horrific <laughs> see i like it because it it it's the bookends of the movie that's yeah that's what that song is so having gone through this like i always do i love the movie more now like when you go through it like i find this with all of the mic at the movies that i've done i've enjoyed the movies more having gone through them except for sneakers <laughs> i've never even seen sneakers that <sighs> i listened to the episode i think didn't, i want to see it because I, I listened to the episode i didn't like that one i didn't like that <laughs> poor one. casey yeah well i did like true lies though i liked that a lot even though that mm-hmm. that was that got super weird that movie but <laughs> but i like that one but I, yeah it's but, but the one I think issue I have with this movie is the hipster couple gets no retribution. They get no happy ending. No, they just like, get kind of crapped on the whole movie. And they're not bad people. They don't do anything wrong at any point in the movie. They're just snobby. They're just yeah. snobby. Yeah. They did, they did something wrong by living next to Clark. Yeah. And they just the whole, everything terrible happens to them. Their house is destroyed. Their relationship is in tatters. And that's where it's <laughs> left for them. <laughs> oh <laughs> poor todd and margo <laughs> they have their own christmas ornament on that website oh do they yep they're in their in their um <laughs> in their like metallic running suits <laughs> they were wearing at one point that's that's christmas vacation it is so you actually so you like it now and you like it a little bit more now yeah i like it more now like because it's, it's always more fun when you talk through it with people um and i see myself wanting to watch this movie again like Obviously, just at Christmas. Mm-hmm. I oh, think yeah. I'd watch You're it in June. But it was not what I... It had some of what I expected, but not completely. Like, I was expecting maybe a little more crude humor, and that didn't really happen. Um, like, the, the, the slapstick stuff was like people falling over and things exploding, mm-hmm. uh, which... And I expected, a, I don't know, like a little more kind of adult or crude humor than there was. Um but I kind of prefer that it wasn't that way. Yeah, and a lot of the funniest the funniest lines are witty, you know, more yeah. than crude. Exactly. And yeah. so it had it had that and I liked that. And um Chevy Chase is an interesting guy. I think he's pretty funny. If you see him in other movies, he he plays a lot of the same comedic character, yeah. especially in the other um National Lampoon movies. There's one where they go to like a, a an amusement park. There's another one where they go to Europe. You know, there's the same a, family, the same wife, different kids, but Naturally. the same names. Right. <laughs> the actors are different, so they're meant to be the same, right? They are meant. They're to be meant the same. to be the same, but they don't try and hide anything that it's different. Fair enough. It's it's pretty funny, yeah. And then there's another one that they like have an old house that they rent in like the country. I don't know. So there's a couple of different ones. Is this but the best one? I think it's the most iconic one right and it's most fun because you can watch it at christmas like most christmas movies you would never think are that great yeah it's like home alone is great but i don't think you'd watch it as often if it wasn't a christmas movie right exactly the same thing for christmas songs right you know you wouldn't listen to them but you do because they're christmas songs so they make you think of and there's no there's no other time of year that puts those type of things into its category that you just like want to watch more of it yeah now, has Adina seen the movie? You just watched it this morning, right? Yeah, I watched it. She's she's on her way home now. Like she she's in Bucharest now, so she didn't see it. 
I don't think she well, would have watched it. When she comes it. back, you'll have to see that with you'll have to see it with her, and then you can see it a second time. I would like to show it to her. She's kind of um, had a bit of hit or miss with the mic at the movie selections, so she's <laughs> she's very picky about them. Because mm-hmm. the first one we watched was Princess Bride, which she really didn't like. She didn't like she Princess. Did That's not another like one. It it's a, it's you have to if you see it young, you like it. Yeah, I loved it though, even though it was the first time that I'd seen it. Um, yeah, that's the book is much better. But she did enjoy. Um, what was the name of the the Arnie, the Arnie movie? True Lies. True Lies. Yeah, yeah. She did enjoy True Lies. So maybe I maybe I could convince her. I'll say that you recommended it, and that that might help the scenario. Yeah, give her the pres- the 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 pre you know presented as in it's goofy, so that just take it at that just surface watch it it's a christmas movie it's goofy like christmas songs are goofy yeah but yeah i think we have a we have a winner oh excellent you're one for one so far all right jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house (laughs) sorry it's a big line in the movie it's that time christmas time is here Everybody knows